It's good to see so many of the, uh, of, of the youth um, up in the room they'll be heading. So uh, I'm Adrian and we're unpacking Thessalonians, uh, a book in the New Testament that Paul writes and uh, we're applying it to us. Uh, not, partly not, bec- uh, I mean all scriptures God breathed and g- we feel there's something in the Thessalonian chapters that are for us, that God would be calling us to be a Thessalonian church. So if you haven't read it through, it won't take too long, just have a read. It's our call. They were a church that influenced a nation. The letter to uh, Thessalonians was written by Paul, Silas and Timothy. There was an apostle, prophet and a pastor. There was something that impacted the region. It started with a dream. And so I want to pray for God's anointing on us this morning. He's been with us. I pray that you would bring freedom to our hearts, Jesus. Lord, the point of any preach is not information. It's transformation. So Lord, I pray. Some of us have heard so many preaches about you, Lord. And we're still learning. Come and help us. So do you remember the prayer that Dave finished with last week? Or Paul wrote. Dave drew us to. May the Lord make your love for one another and all and for all people grow. We were praying that this week. Been praying that as he encouraged us. May the Lord make your love, our love for one another and all people grow and overflow. Just as our love for you overflows. May he, as a result, make your heart strong, blameless and holy as you stand before God our Father when he comes again with all his holy people. So we're going to carry on that theme of loving. How do we overflow with love? And the question I want to ask us is, how do we please God? Do you know we can please God? He is pleased. If we are a a follower, a disciple, he is pleased with us in the sense of our position. We don't need to earn something. We're in his family but we can still please him. Just as any of us, if you have kids, you're in the family, so that's not in doubt, but you can, bring, you can please your father uh, and mother. So how do we please God? How do you and I please God? Have you ever thought about how do I please him? Not, as we say, to win favor and righteousness, because that's a gift, but we can still please him. So while we think, let's read from chapter 4 of Thessalonians. Finally, people that are reading it thinking, okay, Paul's coming to the end. Is this like one of his finalies, like on my last few points? Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God. As we've taught you, okay, so I can live in a way that pleases him and presumably in a way that doesn't please him. You live this way already. Aren't we good, Thessalonians? And we encourage you to do even more. For you remember that we were, we, you remember what we taught you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. God's will is for you to be holy. Stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor. Not in lustful passion like the pagans who don't know God and his ways. Never harm or cheat a, feather, a fellow believer in this matter by violating his wife. For the Lord avenges all such sins, as we've solemnly warned you before. God has called us to live holy lives, not impure. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching, but is rejecting God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. We don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other, for God himself 
has taught you to love one another. Indeed, you already show your love for all the believers throughout Macedonia, that's Greece. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more. Make it your goal to live a quiet life. Mind your own business, or minding your own business, and working with your hands, just as we instructed you before. Then people who are not believers will respect the way you live, and you'll not need to depend on others. Thanks, Paul. It gives us quite a meaty chunks there, so I encourage you to read it through. We're not going to be able to touch all of it. Um, we might mention the sex word um, coming up, just a little notice. But uh, there, are, there are some challenges in there, aren't there? So, how do we please God? First of all, we please God by the way we love. So how does he start? He doesn't start, dear friends. What does Paul start? He says, finally, dear brothers and sisters. Sure, they were friends. We're friends. But church is not about friends. Church is about family. It's about a community that's committed. So sometimes we can, sometimes I have, I thought, okay, friends. And we are friends. Some of us closer friends than others. That's okay. But the Bible calls us family, brothers and sisters. Family bonds are are something that is integral from the Father in heaven. We are joined together. That challenges us. See, friends, you can think, oh, okay, let's move on. Brothers and sisters, there's a commitment and there's like a, there's a joining to one another in it. Friends, that's what we are. Whatever our backgrounds, we're now his family. We please God by loving one another as family, as being family. Now, some of us, we've got to go on the journey because maybe... Our, I didn't have a very effective family, a functional family. Lord, teach us. So that's what scripture does. It shows us. What's the model? It's important. Paul says, we're brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters. Is that how church is to you? Maybe you're on a journey. So we say, Lord, help me. Maybe, Lord, help me to start to trust. Come and work in me. Starts with one or two or three or four. We please God by living as family, brothers and sisters. What's that all about, really? And it's a big challenge to our culture. We please God by living with an us heart rather than a me heart. I think this whole passage really says that one line. We please God by living with an us heart rather than a me heart. Our culture, our Western world says... You do what you want. As long as it feels good to you, no one can tell you that you shouldn't. So it's all about me. God's word says it's all about us. And that's a challenge. (laughs) Isn't it? It's a challenge to live with an us. Because our culture, and we quite like thinking about me. I mean, it comes naturally, doesn't it? Or am I the only one? Okay, I quite like. I quite like it when the worship band does We've, we've joked about that before. I quite like when church is like this. Okay, in other words, it's about me. Or I don't like it when they do that. It's about me. And our lives, we can live thinking about me. So we please God 
please God by the way we love friends we're not free agents the world says you're free do as you please our culture says if it feels right do it if it's not hurting others but that's a lie isn't it because the way I I feel it's right to do but as a marriage to Corinth, okay, that has impact not just on me, it has impact on, well, I think I just want it to be this way or that way in our marriage. That's okay, isn't it? No, actually, it's us. Well, isn't it all right just for me to react and be how I want to be in check? No. Use the illustration that I remember some years back, and uh, it stays with me. Friends, if you came to our house with the carpet, I would ask you to wipe any dog mess off your shoes. You might say, well, I'm happy just to have, just come as I am. Surely you accept me as I am. No, actually, because it's about us. And friends, how we are together, Lord, help us. Help us think through. God's interested in every detail of our lives. Lord, today, would you clear up mess in our shoe, on our shoes? Not just the Sunday bit. Do we live, we please God by living under the authority of Jesus Christ. Paul says this, you live this way already and we encourage you to do it even more for you remember what we taught you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. We please God by living consciously under his authority. That's not a once thing. I did that in 1960, 1980, whenever. God, do you have every area of my life? I challenge you, ask him. It's uncomfortable because he does pick out the areas you'd rather he not notice. God, would you have every detail of my life, even those ones I would rather keep in the back cupboard for me? And I wonder, what are you reading at the minute? What words are you feeding under? Do, would you know, what is the authority of Jesus in this? And then when Joshua prepares to cross the river, and he enters this promise. God says to him, remember the words I've spoken. Remember what I spoke to Moses. Be careful to obey. I don't think it would have got through if Joshua said, well, I'm not really sure what you wrote, Lord. Sometimes we can be like that. Well, I'd rather live in ignorance. God calls us to be mature and rooted in his words. Some of us, it's at, perhaps it's time we started to read it. Or listen to an audio version. I don't think, well, I've not got round to reading it is an excuse. You know the highway code? Have you seen the highway code? If you've done the driving test, some of you are learning. Maybe, I don't know. I read the highway code some years back. I haven't read it probably for 20, 30, 40 years. And maybe things have changed. Wouldn't it be tragic if I treated God's word like the highway code I read it once and I live now just on the basis of what I can glean from others I watch other drivers I try and learn and I, as I go along actually we need to be rooted friends in the highway code if you're a driver it helps prevent accidents we've got a precious word some of you got it written down I encourage you daily reading is a good thing in this, in this season, of okay, we come and go as we want. Actually, let's be those who regularly read God's word. It's healthy for us. Do you know what we eat affects our bodies? 
You've seen some of those programs? You know, you live on McDonald's for a month and see what happens or whatever. Um, we know it works for our bodies. You know, it also works for our spirit. What we eat affects us. What we eat with our eyes affects us. There's something about regular eating rather than eat once a week and eat enough in a, in a meal to last. There's something about a daily healthy diet that mixes it all together over a week. There's something about healthy diet in God's word, the authority of Jesus to us. Not just a binge on a Sunday, but I can, Lord, help me. Just a little nibble. Okay, I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna read a couple of verses each day or something. This book, it's full, do you know? It's full of poetry and narrative. I like some of those bits. It's some of the teaching and letters, and it's full of some prophecy, and it's full of bits. I think, I haven't a clue what's going on here, God. But it edifies us, and it teaches us about God, and it lifts our eyes from me to us and him. So let's bring all of our bits to him. So here we go. Here's, here's what Paul says. Interestingly, out of living for him, loving one another... He now picks on this. God's will is for you to be holy. Stay away from all sexual sin. Stay away, he says. Then each of you control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans who don't know God and his ways. Friends, how we treat our body overflows from the value that we see it has and our sense of worth. Do you know that we often treat our bodies out of our sense of worth for it. We consider it worthless or of poor value. We fill it with stuff. We do stuff. We carry it in places. We end up trashing our bodies. How we treat our body overflows from a sense of how God sees our body. Paul says, live with a sense of worth. Live with holiness and honor. Why? The Holy Spirit lives in me. I think that's both external and internal. You, know, you and I are a vessel filled with the Holy Spirit. What we put in matters. We're a, we're a clay jar, Paul says. What we put in the clay jar matters. Again, it's about how we relate to others. So Paul picks on this one, this sexual sin. He writes, he's writing here basically about sex in its wrong shape, in the way that it wasn't designed. Stay away from sexual sin, he says. Why? Because at the root of sexual sin is it's all about me. It's all about me. It's not about us. It's all about lustful passion, getting what you want, not loving sacrifice. And that's what God intended sex to be. See, many of these believers, they've been saved out of a Greek culture. Okay, understand Greek and Roman culture of that time. Promiscuity and worship and sex, they were all mixed together in your worship of this God or that God. Now you've got the whole church full of believers that have been saved out of that background. So they've got to learn a new mindset. Okay, what, what, what do I do with my, can't I just please myself? Isn't that the way we be? Paul says, no, stay away from it. I wonder what he'd say to us. I think he'd say the same thing. Stay away. Stay away from it. Don't dabble on the edges. 
each of you control his own body. Friends, how's your control going? How's the controlling of your body? Live in holiness and honour. Lord, this is a vessel filled with you. Help me carry it, use it. I bring it as a living sacrifice. What Paul is saying is, avoid harming or cheating a fellow believer. I mean, how shocking that he writes. Not in lustful passions like the pagans. Never cheat or harm a fellow believer by violating his wife. See, the mindset, the depravity of the pagans, they'd come into the church, was such that it was about objectifying. He's saying, don't objectify women violating another man's wife for the Lord avenges think yikes this is the New Testament the Lord avenges such sins why does he avenge that sin why does Paul say the Lord avenges? I mean aren't there other ones I'm sure there are because when we bring the sin of lust into the church family it's an us thing it's like bringing the dog muck on our feet into the family we're violating other men and women, other wives. I'm sure it would be the same for husbands. We're bringing in, um, we're bringing in the world's values into the church. And friends, we're members of one another. What you do in private affects me. Because we belong to each other. Do you know the verses? We talk about we belong, we're members of one another. Friends, that's not just at half ten to half twelve on a Sunday. It's not talking about a church service. You belong to each other when you're in the Eden Centre. When you're not, well, do what you like. Friends, we belong to one another. Just the same as whether Corinne and I, if you're a visitor, Corinne's my wife, uh, just the same, whether she's at school or at work, whether we're in the same room, the same bed, or we're miles apart, we belong to each other. What I do brings into our marriage, whether Corinne is with me or not, what we do brings into our body, brings into this body. Friends, avoid sexual sin. God avenges. Why? Because it's bringing muck into a relationship that he says, you are my body, you're my bride. Friends, let's control our bodies because we belong to one another. It's like when we used to go on to take kids on school trips, sometimes you can go, you know where there's electric fences and if you touch it, you get it. So we used to do this thing, you get the kids to hold hands and daisy chain and you get the one on that end to touch the 12 volts and it goes along through the hands and it sparks. And you say, how many? Yeah, that's what we used to do in schools. I don't know why... <laughs> Okay, you pass it along. Friends, it's the same in the church. We're daisy-chained together. We're daisy-chained in Christ. So what you get up to, actually daisy-chains through. We know that as husbands and wives, we're joined. But also we're joined. The Bible says you belong to one another. Friends, I just ask God, give me Purity. Give me grace. Give me love in our body. That's why he talks about forgiveness other places. But here he's talking about the way we view um, from the sexual side. God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. So here's the thing. I think, why do we live holy lives? Because it pleases him. And because we've received the Holy Spirit. 
as I have meditated on that, we don't say the Holy Jesus or the Holy Father. We would know what we meant. But the Bible doesn't say Holy Father, Holy Jesus. It does say Holy Spirit. And we're a church that loves the Holy Spirit. But I think sometimes as charismatic people filled with the Spirit, we can think we emphasize the Spirit. So we receive the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit is the breath and the movement and the power. It's the person of God. We love the Holy Spirit. Come, Spirit. We pray. I pray. I think we might be more comfortable with the Spirit. Let the Spirit come. But he actually, friends, he's the Holy Spirit. And I was brought up certainly with a whole emphasis in my childhood of the Holy (coughs) Spirit. It's a bit awkward, we're not quite sure what he does. So we concentrate on the holy. Friends, it's both. It's both, it's and. It's not or, I'll have the spirit and do what I want. Or I'm going to be holy and just, I don't know what holy and just means. But, but friends, holy spirit. Have you received the holy spirit? If you're in Christ, you've received the holy spirit. Holy Spirit, show me not just your power, but how to live in a way that pleases you. What does holy mean? It means set apart. Again, just to use the marriage illustration, I hope that's okay if, if you're not married. It's just so I live my life in a sense of holy towards Corinne. I've set her apart. I talk and be and do with her in a way that there is that is set apart from anyone else on the planet. Being holy towards God is that I do and be towards him. There's a primacy of me towards Corinne that even if any of the others called, if she called, I would attend to her. There's a primacy in holiness to God that God you get first dibs. You get first dibs in everything. I check with you. I please you first. And if it passes that, then, then we proceed to go and collect 200 pounds. We honour God first. That's what holiness is. It's not doing certain things and not certain things. So I was brought, don't go to pubs because maybe pubs might be not holy. That's, that's, what, that's what I remember sort of from childhood. Okay, not doing certain things. Maybe you, okay, you don't play football on a Sunday. There's certain things. That doesn't make you holy. That's, that's just that's a way of behaving, sure, but it doesn't make you holy. Holy is a devoted to God. So Jesus could hang out with prostitutes and tax collectors, those who are right on the fringe, the dirty ones, and still be holy. So Jesus was in the pubs and the clubs. Because the Holy Spirit is what makes us holy, not what we do. So friends, we please him by loving. We please him by the way we live. We please him by the way we use our bodies, honouring other men and women uh, uh, in the church. We please him by living aware that we are people of the Holy Spirit. We please him by loving one another as he's taught us. He says, we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other. God has taught you to love one another. So we please God by following what we taught. And let me finish these verses here. Make it your goal to live a quiet life. 
mind your own business working with your hands how's it going how's your minding your own business I was thinking you know in these days of social media what do you post does it promote a quiet life or is it poking and busybodying is it peaceful or stirring up make it your goal to live a quiet life mind your own business and work with your hands if we had a bit more time I'd unpack that but let me read these verses to you you'll know them from Romans 12 it's the same thing let's offer our bodies brothers and sisters I urge you in view of God's mercy offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God Lord we offer our bodies to you Friends, let's offer, brothers and sisters, let's offer our bodies. Lord, would you renew us in our holiness, our devotion to you. What we see, what we eat, what we read, what we fill our hearts with. Do not, be, do not conform to the pattern of the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. Lord God, come and work in us, I pray. In Jesus' name. Come and touch our hearts. Friends, there's no guilt or shame. There is forgiveness and mercy. Talk to one another where we feel, actually, I need help in some of this. Talk about it together. God bless you. Amen. Oh,